this morning, and isn't he so good to us? Hallelujah. It's just wonderful to be with each and every one of you today. And my, what a wonderful day this is. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Man, I trust your day will be special and blessed with your families. Amen. And we just are so grateful for the fathers that we have in our life. Amen. They teach us so many things, don't they? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for my Heavenly Father, aren't you? Man, I think a fitting song today would be to sing that, I Have a Father. We'll start with, I have a maker here. I have a maker. Let's bring it up to the key of D, brother. I have a maker. Oh, he formed my heart. time began my life was in his hand oh he knows my name and he knows my song brother Keith let the worshipers arise what key are we in there brother G father I can see that you were drawing a line in the sand and I want to be standing by your side holding your head so let your kingdom come Again. 
In love. 
our God Sing with me how great is our God Oh, and all will see how great How great is our God Isn't he lovely? Hallelujah, hallelujah Praise the Lord God Almighty for His grace and mercy to us, friends. Man, my, what a wonderful God He is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My spirit's just glowing with praise and worship today. Amen. And I can feel that on your spirits as well. Amen. And I believe that the Heavenly Father is pleased with your worship. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to change the order of our service at this time and take our special needs. Brother Keith, if you would maybe play that softly. As we mentioned some of these, I mean, I'll ask Brother uh, Jeremy Clayville if he would take a moment to take these needs to the Lord for us, and then we'll also have a few specials afterwards. Um, there are quite a few families that are not with us today, being the holidays. Um, we just want to remember those that are not with us. I see the Paschal family wanted to be here, and they also were not here with us. Um, the Drum family, if you keep them in prayer, uh, I believe the, Brother Troy Hughes and Sister Connie and also uh, Brother Richard and Sister Mary. Uh, we certainly miss them. I know those folks would love to be with us, so we just pray that God would bless them and, and uh, go to wherever they are. Amen. Those that are joining us by the way of internet, amen. It's my heart's desire that what, what I'm feeling here would spill over to where you are there. Amen. That's my goal. That's my desire is just to be a blessing to help you be set free from whatever may be troubling, troubling you. <clears throat> Amen. If you'd remember Sister uh, Jane Munch in prayer, she is not feeling well. Uh, remember Sister Jessica Pugh in prayer, and we certainly appreciate the Pugh family. Uh, that's all that I have at this time. Do you have unspoken prayer requests? Amen. I know I have an unspoken prayer request on my heart. If you'll pray for me, I'll be praying for you, friends. Amen. Come on, Brother Jeremy. We'll take these needs to the Lord for us at this time. Let's pray together. Our gracious Lord Jesus, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly approach your throne with just thanksgiving, Lord, just overflowing from our hearts, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you've made for us to even come before you, Lord. It's not by any of our doing, Lord, but by your mercies, and your grace, Lord, and love towards us. Lord, we humbly ask, Lord, your forgiveness of our shortcomings. Lord, anything that would be displeasing to you, Lord, we pray that you would put it under the blood right now. Lord, we want to tell you first just how much we love you. We're thankful for this opportunity to gather together, Lord, to worship you. We lay these needs at your feet, Lord, and just pray that you would have your perfect will. Lord, those that are ill Lord you have provided healing Lord for those that are seeking your direction Father I just pray that you would give them the unction of the Holy Spirit Lord above all Lord we pray God that as 
the minister is preparing, Lord, to come out and bring the word. We pray, Lord, that our hearts would just be fallow ground. Lord, that your word would find deep purchase within our souls. Lord, we pray that our worship now would be pleasing to you. We give this time into your hands, Lord. For those that aren't here, Lord, that are traveling or just away, God, we pray that you would be with them. Give them uh, just traveling mercies, time of rest for those that are away. We love you. We pray, Lord, that you would just be magnified in all that's done today. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats. Apologize for keeping you standing so long. I don't mean to do that. Just get a little carried away with <laughs> praise and worship. Amen. We have a few specials. Uh, Brother Sean and Brother Levin have a song for us. If you just go ahead and be making ready, we'll sing a little song before, before they uh, make ready there. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Gee, I believe, sir. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Oh, He works in a way we cannot see. He will make a way for me, and He will be my God, holding closely to His side, with love and strength for each new day. Friends are waiting 
when I walk through the gates, I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. There's a golden street to walk upon, a bell I'm gonna ring. A brand new angel in the choir, I wanna hear her sing. There'll be a lot of friends waiting when I walk through the gates. I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. appreciate that song. That brings back a lot of memories. No matter how hard it gets down here, we, we already know the end result. And we know what lies ahead. Well, this road I'm on is straight and narrow, but it leads to a better home. It was paved by Christ one day while he suffered all alone Now this road may lead Over many high mountains Valleys dark and low But I walk each day With sweet assurance That I'll safely reach my goal and rest for my weary soul Oh, head There is peace and contentment Everybody will be happy and whole You know that I'll be At home with Jesus Where tears will never be shed Oh, so often this broken Where tears 
Everybody will be happy over there 
hand. Where do we go from here, Brother Keith? Hallelujah. What a wonderful song. What a wonderful atmosphere. Amen. Are you happy today? My goodness. I'm glad I came to the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. I believe it's time for the word. Deacons, if you'd make your way forward at this time, we'll take a morning offering. Amen. And just give us unto the Lord. Man, I thought we'd sing This Is My Desire before uh, Brother Dennis McBride, who we have visiting minister today. He's no stranger among us. And let's just pull ourselves up to the table of God's word. Pull on the gift. I believe he has something in store for you, friends. Amen. Brother Tom, lead us in prayer. Amen, amen. Let's sing this song together as Brother Dennis makes his way forward. This is my desire to honor you. Oh, and Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. And all I have within me Oh, I give you the praise and all that I adore is in you Oh Lord, I give you my heart my soul oh and I live for you Lord every breath that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me oh Lord I give you my heart come on brother Dennis I give you my soul God bless you, brother. For you alone and every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. So that's that's one of my favorites there. And you guys did excellent. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to be here by the grace of God. Um, amen. It's only because of his grace that he preserves us and enables us to even have a desire. Amen. To want to be in this service. Amen. And I guess with that being said, the sermon this morning is kind of going to tie into that, that desire. Um, but... Um, if you don't mind, you can, you can be seated for a moment. 
I just kind of want to give a quick testimony. Um, not sure the last time I was here, it's been a little minute, but back home we had a, uh, a youth camp <clears throat> that was put together. Am I supposed to switch now? Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. So, yeah, it was a youth camp that was, uh, that the Lord allowed, I'm going to say, to come together. And uh, it, was, uh, it was very, very, very good. I'm not saying that because it involved my church, but it was just good. Amen. Brother uh, Brian Nadu from um, Africa, he came over, and I hadn't heard him in years. But the Lord really used that brother. And it's another brother, Brother Solomon also. Um, but nonetheless, though, uh, the testimony portion of it is uh, I couldn't stay on the campgrounds because, um, you know, my, my in-laws have a seafood restaurant and my, my wife and my three youngest uh, young adults, they work there. And so we have three dogs and uh, somebody had to tend to the dogs. You know, so I just couldn't go on camp and just stay because they were depending on me to kind of fill in and help to satisfy the needs there. So I would travel. It's about a 45-minute drive from my house to the campgrounds. I would travel every day. Services started on a Thursday through Sunday. And so I'm going, you know, and coming back home. So that's 45 minutes, two times each trip. And that Sunday, the last day, it started pouring down rain. Uh, but just prior to that, I was noticing that it looks like my, my, my brakes weren't quite working like they should. And I had began about a week before that to hear whenever I would make a left turn or a right turn, it's a slight rubbing noise. But I'm used to, if, if your brake pads, are, for the brothers that are mechanically you know, aware, if your brake pads are going down, you, you kind of hear more of a grinding right uh more consistently but it was just when i would turn right or left so i didn't think much of it i said i'm gonna get it checked out sunday came through it was pouring down rain we were riding home we got my family in the car and everything and so um monday uh, i got up to go to work and i left my driveway got onto the main road riding down the street and i tapped my brakes slightly and saints my brakes failed on and just at that moment, I just began to be so grateful because I had spent from Thursday all the way into that day driving back and forth almost two hours a day with my family in the car, and the Lord blessed us to be able to make it to and from safely, you know? So then I, I was able to kind of allow it to come to a stop turned around and I inched back home and I had another car I could get into and go to work. Well, a friend of mine, a brother, a minister in the message, I called him up, I was like, hey brother, I need some help, I need my brakes done and what have you. So he said, sure, you know, we set a date for Tuesday, he came over. So I was at work while he was at the house working and he sent me these pictures. And I saw the pictures, I'm like, okay, well he's showing me the work that he's doing. <laughs> You know, and, and, I, and, he, and he texted me and he said, brother, give me a call. So I called him. He said, brother, who has somebody been working on your wheel assembly? 
I was like, well, I had some work done probably about four, about four months ago where somebody actually had to give me a new wheel assembly on that, left, on that driver's side, front driver's side. And he, in the pictures, he said, brother, you don't have no bolts in your wheel assembly. Now, whenever I, I got to travel somewhere, I pray. Because <laughs> my truck of 2006, you know, and I don't want no mishap. So I, I really pray and I ask God, I'm, you know, my, I'm just letting you know my, my specific. I say, Lord, don't let nothing happen to my truck. I say, Lord, don't let none of my tires blow out. <laughs> this is how I pray. I'm just being honest with you. And I say, Lord, please hold everything together. Saints, I've been driving to Virginia, to North Carolina, different parts, preaching. I don't know how long I've been driving around with no boats in my wheel assembly. But God, by his grace, he didn't allow things to fall apart on me. He didn't allow me to get into a serious car accident. My whole side, that whole thing could have come, come off. Wasn't even aware, but God was on the scene and he was moving by his grace. Amen. So I thank God for that, saints. Amen. Praise the Lord. My, amen. He's working on our behalf even when we don't realize it. Amen. How many times he's helped us to evade, you know, uh, serious accidents and all sorts of things. I'll give you this last testimony and we'll get into this. Uh, well, my son, Benjamin, he's 21 now. But when he was like four, three, four, I was coming in the house. And he was standing, he was standing on a dining room uh, chair, and he had a glass in front of him, a clear glass that had ice cubes in it, and it looked like it was water. And I'm coming in the house, and I walked right past him, and I went into the kitchen. And I, I know some of you can relate to this. I just had this strong feeling to turn around and to go back and just, like something told me, check what's in the glass. Now, he's, he's, he's standing on the chair. He has the glass in his hand, and he's getting ready to drink it. And I walk right past him. Now, I'm thinking it's water. But I just felt worn. It was so strong, I couldn't ignore it. I said, go back and check the glass. So I turned around, and I went back and checked the glass. And my son had poured a bottle of alcohol, rubbing alcohol in the glass of ice. We need God. I am so grateful. There's other testimonies I can share, but I'm going to stop right there. Let's stand together in honor of the word. He's a good God. He's beyond good. He's beyond good. We don't have words to capture how good he is. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless each one of you. Um, I heard the brother mention it before, but I want to be obedient. Brother Barry told me to make sure I told the brothers, happy Father's Day. <laughs> so you, had, you heard it one time, but I want to be obedient. So praise the Lord.
All right, I thank God for him. I know he's not here, but I always thank God for him and his ministry. All right, so now let's uh, get into this word here. Um, okay, let's start with uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Hebrews 11, starting at verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for, it says, an inheritance. It says he obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city with half foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed. This is important here to what I want to express on this morning and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They didn't feel at home here. It says, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now, we do know, according to the scriptures, that there was a group that even though they had come out, once they faced hardship and certain difficulties, they desired to go back to Egypt. Amen. But those that were of, of God, that were truly the seed of God, they never had that desire. And we say praise the Lord. Praise yeah, I believe we're of that group. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, even when I say I love you, Father, I know in my heart I need to love you more. You're so good to us, Lord. We're undeserving, and this is more than just a good saying, but Lord, we're really undeserving of all of the goodness that you constantly pour out into our lives. We fail you too often. We don't give you according to what you deserve. You see us, Lord. You know how we are. But there's something that's within us, Lord, that desires to give you the best. Lord, and we're grateful that you work with us in the way that you do, Lord, despite all of our failures and what have you. Lord, you know our potential. You know what you put us here for. You know what you place within us. So, Lord, we're grateful for all that you do for us, Lord. And now that we've gathered here, we pray that your, your will will be done. Wherever Brother Barry is, Lord, please bless him, keep him, strengthen him, Lord. Your saints are gathered all over the world, Father God. Lord, we know that you're there, Lord God, and you're ministering, Lord. You're moving by your spirit. So may you move among us this morning, Lord. Help us to yield to your spirit, Lord, and Lord, help us to understand. And more than understanding, Lord, let it be quick and let it become a part of our lives. We love you, Lord. We need you. We ask you all these things in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
God bless you, saints. You may be seated. <laughs> I'm going to tell on myself a little bit here in the beginning. Um, I drove up this morning, and, and our brother, he opened up the door for me. And, uh, you know, the pastor's parking is right there, right? And initially, I was going to park beside it. I said, well, somebody might need to park. I would park in. And since Brother Barry in here, I'll go ahead and park there. And the brother, he said, man, I know you feel real at home. You're, passing it. You're parking in the pastor's spot. <laughs> and he don't know that kind of bothered me a little bit. <laughs> so I went outside and moved my chair. <laughs> I read the sign then, too. I said, man, let me move on over. So I feel good now. I feel better. <laughs> Amen. All right. So this, this could be a lengthy service here, um, but I just want to go as I'm led by the Lord. Um, it's, 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 it's able to go over several different parts, several different days, but I'll just try to Sum it up according to what's, what's been laid on my heart. Um, my topic tonight or this morning is inheritance. Inheritance. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll kind of read first to you what, what really caught my attention to even bring me to this place. I was listening to a sermon um, some time ago. And... Uh, Brother Branham, he, it was in the message called, um, As I Was With Moses, So Will I Be With You. And he said this particular thing here, and I'll just read it to you. He's talking about the three stages of grace. You know, uh, you know, we move from justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But he brought it out in this way concerning that third stage. He says, but the third stage was when they crossed Jordan. Right into the promised land where their inheritance lay. Now we understand that Jordan means spiritually, you know, it's dealing with a death to ourselves, right? Because that's necessary to go into the promised land. Isn't that right? Our minds have to be conditioned, like God has to condition us and help us to come to that place to where we don't want our own way, right? We only want His will, we only want His will. And that's not how, I mean, that's not what we're accustomed to coming out of the world. You know, even, I'll go as far as saying this, even if you were brought up in church, right, there is still a work that God has to do in an individual's life because if that nature is not changed, then all those selfish motives and objectives, they're just there. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we know we would. Well, I wasn't brought up in church, but you you all that were and understood by God's grace that something else needed to happen within you. Like even though you were brought up in church and you learned the ways of church and how to conduct yourself, you, you had to come to a place to realize, Lord, I don't have what I need. Because you can feel those things working in you, even though we try to suppress it. Right. If we're honest with ourselves, you know, we have our moments where the Holy Spirit ain't going to let us get by with it either. Right. He'll highlight those things in our lives to help us to see, look, you need me. 
you have church, you have the knowledge of things, but now you need the person. Praise the Lord. So that's that's kind of like what what we've been dealing with. Right. And um, but but Brother Branham, he, he, he brings this out in this way. He says, but the third stage was was when they crossed Jordan into the promised land. He says where their inheritance laid. He says their inheritance never laid in Egypt, though God blessed them in Egypt. He says, if you're just a, now this is how he said this. If you're just a Lutheran, that's all the father you will ever get. He says, but to you men and women that there is something in you calling out the deep to the deep. There's a Jordan yet to cross and a land beyond the river. So when you talk about inheritance. And we're going to go into the actual meaning of the definition of the word inherit. It, 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 I see now it goes deep, saints. It's connected to your desires. Your desires will show you where your inheritance is. And I want to be careful in that now. Right? Because I understand each one of us have to come into an actual nature change. Right. So whatever is expressed prior to that true baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you are a true seed of God, that's not speaking of your destination, even though you're living in a life of sin, even though you have sinful pulsations that work through you, you know, constantly. Right. When you are a true seed of God, you're going to come to that point of change. Right. Where you're where, amen, where, where, where there is a transferring of the name that takes place. Well, you begin to stop reflecting that first nature and you begin to you begin to reflect the very person that you were ordained to be. Right. So in, in, in my saying what I'm saying, when it comes to the bride, I understand that change has to take place. But just to make the point of it. Whatever life you're living, well, you know who you truly are beyond what the eye can see of a man. Because we can look at one another and we can appear to be, you know, all Christians and all loving God and whatever. But there is a reality to our lives that only, you know, and God knows, because many people work real hard to try to hide certain things. And the devil tries to convince them, you know, that, that, that that's that's like, you know, when nobody knows you're hiding it real good. So you're OK. And when it's hidden and seemingly nobody knows it, there is a comfort level that begins to settle in. Sometimes people can actually get caught. And seemingly they're sorry, but they're only sorry because they got caught. Had they never gotten caught, then they would have continued. You understand what I'm saying? But the Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. Praise the Lord. How many glad for godly sorrow? Amen. That God doesn't leave us alone, but because we are children, he sweeps across our heart and sweeps through our lives to bring us into those places of conviction. That's a sweet place. The devil want to misconstrue it and make it seem like it's a bad place and people try to shun those feelings. But that's a sign of life. Praise God. 
Amen. I can say that now because I've learned to appreciate it. Lord, thank you for not leaving me to myself to go in the way that I was going. Lord, you came and you intervened and you stopped me in the middle of my mistakes. As David said, God caused him to stop and look on his ways. And because he was a child of God, there was a conviction that was there. And he said, I had to turn my feet because I realized that's not the way I'm supposed to go. That wasn't his inheritance. The word inherited means to receive. There's several meanings to it. It means to receive money, property, or a title as an heir at the death of the previous holder. Right? That's more along the natural side, but you can tie it into the spiritual. But this is the part that really caught my attention. It says to derive a quality a characteristic or disposition genetically from one's parents or ancestors. Brother Branham told us our parent is the word. God is our parent, right? Amen. So as a result of that, depending on your parents, I know for me, if you were to see a picture of my dad, you say, man, that's, that's Brother McBride's dad right there. Uh, my son, David, with all of my children resemble me to a certain degree. But my son, David, he's my my 19 year old. We went to uh, Macy's one day and I think we got a shirt or something like that. And we, we, me and him came together walking up to the, uh, the cash register and the cashier was busy or whatever and never saw us before in his life. But he looks up and he says, man, have you ever tried to deny that that was your son? They'll take you to jail. <laughs> Because he, his characteristics, you know, they look like me, you know, There's certain things that they do, you know, as I watch them or whatever, they begin to do little things like me. You know, it's in the gene, right? So when you're talking about inheritance, you're dealing with this. You're dealing with qualities. You're dealing with characteristics. You're dealing with things that begin to be reflected in the life of the individual. And it looks just like the parent. But notice this when it says predisposition, it says a liability or a tendency to suffer from a particular condition because many things are genetically inherited. Right. You know that uh, many times you go to the doctor or whatever, and they ask you, do diabetes run in your family? Right. Because based off of what's in the family, they say more than likely it's a chance for you to come across those same things. Isn't that right? So it says a liability or a tendency to suffer from, a, suffer from a particular condition, hold a particular attitude, or act in a particular way. Now, when it comes to uh, certain ones of the Bible, it's very evident that they begin to display. And I'm going to go starting with Cain. When Cain and Abel were born and they were children, you know, they looked the same. Not saying they were twins, but they were both young, both babies, both cared for by their parents. Right. But then it came to a certain point where there was a distinct line that began to show itself. Right. So here it is, Abel, not knowing, you know, not being taught anything so much so. But by faith, he understood what to offer unto God. He gave God God's own desire. And that's what we're here for. Right. We're here to give God his desire. Amen. Not do what we want to do. 
We're his children. You see, but what, but what Abel was began to be expressed in his life. He was, he was connected to God. That's what enabled him to be able to catch that revelation and give God his desire. But on the other side with Cain, he had another gene. But you didn't see it come out until a certain point. And when that time came about and he offered that wrong offering, and then God came to him and said, now, why are you why are you upset? If you do like your brother, you'll be accepted also. Yours will be accepted also. But in Cain being who he was and in his father being who he was. Now, all of a sudden, you begin to see something else take a hold. He didn't even want to do the will of God. He felt like his own way was right. Isn't that something? People can come to church, hear the exact truth of God purely from the mouth of God, and still in their hearts feel as though their way of thinking, their way of being, whatever they've concluded to in their hearts is right. And he stayed that way. Now, I say that in that way, saints, because sometimes true seeds of God have a little difficult time. Sometimes there's a little stubbornness that's there, a little hard-headedness that's there. That don't mean they're not seed. They just got to have a little, God got to kind of work with them in a little, you got to work with them a little more. <laughs> Amen. To soften up their hearts to break that spirit down. That they might become more tender to the will of God and really desire the things of God. But God knows how to deal with each individual. He knows how to deal with stubbornness. He knows you. He knows how to bring you around to your place. But see, with Cain, he couldn't receive correction. He didn't want to do the will of God. And he stayed that way. And listen, the Bible says he went and talked with his brother. And in the midst of talking with his brother, amen. Now, 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 now you see all you, you see. You see more of a full manifestation of what was in him beginning to come out because then he plotted to kill his brother and carry it out. Then when God came down and said, what did you do? What did Cain say? Am I my brother's keeper? In the face of God. He couldn't help himself. It's what he was. He was reflecting his inheritance. You understand? Another one that we know about, and I'm just going to touch on this for a moment. It says here in Acts chapter one, verse 23, it says, and they um, appointed to Joseph called Barnabas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen that that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship. It says, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might, notice how it says it, go to his own place. So in the beginning, you see Christ walking around and it it seems like randomly he's just calling men to come be his disciples. And he went to Judas and called him specifically. But he already knew who he was. But at that stage, nobody else had a clue. But God alone, 
right? And he went along with the whole program, sat in the ministry of Christ for years. Lord have mercy. You understand? I mean, sat under the true, unadulterated word for years, saw the pure manifestation of God like no other saw it. Was witness of all of that, plus a partaker of the very anointing of God to work in signs, wonders, and miracles, and to preach the gospel. And in the midst of all of that, still was unable to believe that he really was truly the Messiah operated in all that without a true revelation. The Bible says he was born the son of perdition. Right? The Bible clearly says that Satan was Cain's father. Isn't that right? And so you see what their inheritance was. Right? By the origin you see the inheritance and you understand why the desires was like it was. It couldn't even help. Now, we open up reading about Abraham and about the saints of faith, the true children of God. They also had desires that was pulsating within them. Right. But you see which area that it was moving into. It was always moving into those things of God, desiring the things of God, looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. God put that desire within them because they were connected to him, saints. Those were his children. So they were ordained to look for that type of a city. They were ordained not to be comfortable in this life. It's amazing to me how some people are so comfortable here. It's almost like, you know, you start talking about the rapture and stuff like that. I don't, don't, don't. I still got to live my best life, brother. Don't, we don't want to hear all that too soon now. I ain't accomplished all that I wanted to accomplish yet. I want to go to Dubai. You know, I, I just, you know, I want to experience life a little bit. You know, I want to go to Bali. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I got things I want to achieve, brother, you know. And they get so wrapped up in that mindset until guess what? The things of God begin to dwindle. As far as, amen, what time they give to it, what attention they give to it. You understand? They become satisfied with religion. Oh, God. Everybody all right. Brother Bride, you crazy. You keep laughing and smiling, brother. What's going on? I just, I'm in this place right now, so just pray for me. <laughs> With that being said, I want to drop down to this particular scripture here. Numbers chapter 32. In light of what was just said, Abraham was uncomfortable. The Bible points out the children of God. Even though they were afflicted, they went through all types of hardships and all types. of I mean, they were real people. Right. So they experienced fear. They experienced trouble. They experienced heartache. And God let them experience that full range of things. It was ordained for each one of their paths to bring them into that right place that they were ordained. It had to take all those elements to bring them to be who they really were. None of us want to have hard times. None of us want to experience hardship and all the things that come along with this life. But every bit of it is necessary. All your tears you cried was necessary. 
God, you see, many times God don't have our attention like we like he needs to have our attention. And he let those things roll right in. And what they do is they aid us. They assist us to get us pulled off of distractions and locked back in on God. Because you realize in many of those cases, he's the only one that can help you, comfort you and keep you. Sometimes you might feel like you're losing your mind. And he lets you get to that that place where you feel like you're about to break. Just so you can cry out to him and he can show you that he's a comforter. Now it's more than you just hearing about it. Now I see it for myself. And nobody can't take that away from me. You understand what I'm saying? All of this, this whole place is filled with testimonies. Things that nobody else know about. But, amen, that the relationship that God has established and has been working on between him and each individual in here, you're very aware of that. Numbers 32 verse 1 says, now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. Notice how this says this now. It says, and when they saw the land of Jezreel, And the land of Gilead, they're looking at natural land, right? It says that behold, the place was a place for what? It says the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and to the princes of the congregation, saying, Ataroth and Dibon and Jazer and and Nimrah and Heshbon and Eli." Ali, whatever, and Shebam and Nebo and, and beyond. Notice how they say this, saints. Even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession and bring us not over Jordan. Now we understand now Jordan means a death to self. So what they're saying is we don't want to die to ourselves. We don't want to have that experience. We're absolutely content with being on this side. We can just remain how we are because we feel like we're all right. Many times when the Holy Spirit is moving, and it's, it, it, I've been experiencing this lately, saints, and it's not just me, and I'm nobody, right? But I know the call I feel in my soul. I am in no way, shape, form, no, and no, I'm, I'm not satisfied in the least bit with where I'm at right now. I know God want to do more. I know there's more of God for me to receive. God, that's that's one of the reasons why God allowed Brother Branham's ministry to climb to the heights that it did in our day to help us to see who we are. It was a reflection, saints, in our day, something we can see and witness for ourselves of the calling that God has in our life. The level of a walk, the closeness of the relationship. And I'm not there yet. 
There's a closer walk with God that I need to enter into. But I'm so grateful for the desire. Where did that desire come from? Where, 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 where is that desire coming from that makes us want to be closer to God? If you don't want to be closer to God, if you're, if you're satisfied with where you are right now, it's time to get to praying. And even though I say that, Lord have mercy. See, this is the I, I don't want to say certain things, but I got to say it. Even though I say that, if there's no further desire in you to go further with God, you will be satisfied where you are. You will be with the people of God, hearing the same word and everything, but end up like Reuben and Gad and, and be able to settle down on the wrong side of Jordan. But you can't change that yourself. Lord have mercy. It's in the gene itself. I really didn't want to say those things. But it's, it's, it, we got to be able to understand where we are because we're seeing things and we're experiencing things. Right in the middle. When somebody falls away, the physical departure, of course, as you know, is not when it started. It starts in the mind first. And I've watched this. It's just a little thought that sweeps in. A little question. The devil always want to bring questions. A little question that comes in. Is this right? And then that leads to a searching out of things. And it'll always lead you to look, to look at those more convincing evidences that seemingly people have come up with. Then you read one thing and you see some more falling away. Then you know what catches it. What makes it real bad is when it's people of influence. But you go back to the scriptures, it was the same thing. Those that came against Moses were men of renown, famous. And when people see people like that falling away, they say, hold on, are we a part of the right thing? Especially depending on how much of a respect you have for that person. And the devil moving all these things around to bring about a question. And for those that have fallen away, and I want to say this by, as a form of respect, even though somebody may have left, if they're true bride, it may only be for a season. They'll have to come back. All that the Father has given me, I've lost none. It don't matter what the devil does. How confusing they might get in any moment in time. The power, listen, the word of God can't fail. He said whatever he spoke forward to do, it's going to accomplish it and prosper inside the thing whereunto he sent it. So it's got to come to a place somehow or another for them to return. So you don't throw nobody away. You just pray for people. Can we say praise the Lord, saints? That's the thing, though. It's like you can't go no further than what your desire is calling for. And I made myself clear in the beginning, but I have to say these things. Depending on your desire, it'll show you your inheritance. The prophet said, Which way, whichever way a tree leans, what it'll do? That's the way it'll fall. Notice how it goes on down here and says this now. 
They saw this natural land and they got so caught up in the natural things of this life until they, they were like, you know what? We're, we're okay right here because this, this place here is good for cattle. God already gave you a promise. He said, I've given you a land that's flowing with milk and honey. They became so contented and so wrapped up in their own desires until the promise of God never even entered into their minds no more. It didn't pertain to, it didn't pertain to them. And because it didn't pertain to them, what just happened? Because it didn't pertain to them, saints, they didn't have no real desire for it. They didn't have no desire to access it, to enter into it. And you find that amongst our ranks, you have people that, that don't have the Holy Ghost and they don't even have a desire for it. Halfway Christian lives. Entertaining the things of the world. Not openly. You see, they got to hide it. They got the, they, you know, you know, and I, t I tell my children all the time, I say, whatever you got to hide and do in secret, that lets you know something ain't right about it. Because whatever is good or whatever, like you eating an apple, you ain't got to hide to eat an apple. Uh, you can go to the police station, you can, you, you, can, you can go in the kitchen, walk around, just eat an apple anywhere you go. Because it ain't nothing wrong with that, but things that, that they have a wrong spirit behind it. They got to hide it. You got to sneak and do it. Why? Because you know it ain't right. But not, listen, and the way that the devil operates, he's so blind. And, and we're all guilty. Like all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I'm not speaking down or in some self-righteous place. It's just a reality. We got to come to terms with these things, right? Amen. Evil spirits moving. And the one thing they want to do is blind us from the fact. The prophet said investigating angels are recording. So even when you think you in a building, ain't, no, ain't, ain't nobody nowhere near me. I'm way over here, many miles away in this building, and the devil convinced you to yield to a wrong desire. And you feel safe in indulging in that moment because in your mind, the devil got you thinking, Ain't nobody can see me. But the whole time, God is right there. Isn't that something? The devil will trick us and make us think that we're doing something private. You remember in the Bible, God told Ezekiel, he says, go over here to this wall. I'm going to show you what Israel is doing. Huh? <laughs> That's how it works, those things. The devil want to blind us. That's the only time that we can sin. It's when you're unaware of the presence of God. And the devil works hard to bring that about. Praise the Lord. Natural land. They saw it. They got caught up into it. They could care less about the promise of God. It says in verse 5, wherefore said they, 
No, I'm sorry. Verse four, even the country which the Lord, I'm sorry, verse five. Wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given to thy servants for a possession and bring us not over Jordan. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the, the, the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your father. So now he is connecting them with something. He says, thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. He says, and behold, ye are risen up. Verse 14, behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead and increase of sinful men to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. So he's identifying a spirit and he's identifying the same spirit. Even though it's manifesting itself in a totally different way, he's connecting the two. Oh, my. He says, for if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him and said, we will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our... Even though they heard him say that. Look at the response, saints. Now what I'm saying, people will come to church, hear the word of God and agree with the word of God, but still remain set to stay where they are. Don't have no desire to die anymore or to go any further. Brother Branham calls it being further impregnated by the word. Even though God through Moses just spoke to them and said, why are you going to do like they did back there? They didn't even have a conviction. They didn't feel to correct their error. Look how they went on to further say saints. Lord have mercy. And they came near verse 16 after hearing this rebuke and they came near unto him and said, we will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. Can you imagine that? Now, even though this is written in for that time, it applies today. And it's hurtful. See, the way that God has brought us, and I'm going to read to you a few things here that's tied to this. We want to see everybody make it. I want to see myself make it. I can say whatever with my mouth. I can preach and do whatever. But like they say, the proof is in the pudding thereof. Huh? On that rapturing morning, my being in the rapture is going to show. But now even before that, now, God, God blesses us with something to help us to see what our inheritance is. The Bible says we've been given the earnest. Right. The earnest of the spirit, that's a down payment. The earnest of our inheritance is the spirit of God coming inside of our lives and it begins to testify of a whole nother world. Our lives begin to be changed and molded and the Bible calls it the circumcision that's made without hands. It's a cutting away of carnal desires. You ain't going to desire to go to no, 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 no land that got that good, good grass for cattle. It's going to move you to be like Abraham. You're going to look for a city whose builder and maker is God. You're going to become so uncomfortable so you can't rest nowhere in this world. 
And that's what the bride is doing right now. She ain't at home. She ain't satisfied. She's hurt. She's upset. She knows this ain't the way that life is supposed to be. All of this heartache and confusion and frustration and death and all these things going on. This ain't my home. I ain't satisfied here. They're the ones that can't wait to come to church. They don't look for excuses not to come. I'm talking about inheritance. I'm talking about our desires. Reuben and Gad somehow felt secure within their own thoughts. How many realize God is among us this morning? Not just because Brother McBride is here. You see? Brother Branham says here in this message called uh, All the Days of Our Life. Listen to this, saints, because, you know, especially with young adults. You know, I, I, you see, my, my oldest is 20, 25, 21, 19, 17, and 15. Even down to the fifth, my daughter told, my daughter told me one time, she said, Daddy, I'm grown now. I said, well, you are. I'm paying this light bill for me. Huh? <laughs> I told my 19-year-old the other day, I said, you know, you're talking about being an adult. I said, that's more than just age now. It's having a little talk with him. I said, being a real man, that means you begin to reflect more of God. Now you're talking about real adulthood, real godly adulthood. You know, you become so wrapped up into him. But notice how Brother Branham says this. For everybody that, you know, we're in the age of people's rights. I got a right. My son in here, so I'm going to tell him a little bit. It wasn't that bad, but I, I had to kind of like, little, little correction. Daddy got to bring a little correction, you know. He was like, well, Dad, I'm 19 now. He says, so by law, I'm an adult. Like, I, I can make my own decisions. I said, oh, I said, okay. I said, well, the natural law ain't above God's word. <laughs> and God's word says for you to be obedient to your parents. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you, you, you can go at man's law, but watch, watch where that end you up at now. Because now you're displeasing God. You can't humble yourself. See, God put those things there to help us to understand the spiritual relationship. We're supposed to be subject to him in all things. So young adults, when, you, when, that, when, when that enemy try to move upon you to have that mindset, just understand that's the devil trying to get you to rebel against God. Because if you can't be obedient to your parents, that means that reflects your disobedience to God also. Because that's his word. Can we say praise the Lord? Days of all the days of our lives. He says, see, that's just the nature of man. He wants his own way. He says, and God did not make a man to desire his own way. The scripture says it's God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That means the very desires that God give us comes from him. And then he comes to actually bring those desires to pass in our own lives. That's the deep calling to the deep. At the noise of thy water spout. God made man to depend on him, to 
to forsake his ways, to crucify his way. Crucify means to kill it, to kill it dead. He said, you got to die. He said, you got to do more than die. He said, you got to rot. So death is one part of it. But he said, you got to rot after you die. You got to decompose. You got to break all the way down till there's nothing of you left. You got to go through that de- decomposing process. We, we, we lay uh, watermelon rinds out on the pile of our little, little compost pile or whatever. And you give it a little time or whatever, you can't see it no more. It ceased to exist. And that's what has to happen with us and all of our own ways, our own habits, our own desires. Watch how he goes in, into this, saints. He says he likened us unto sheep, and the sheep is one animal that cannot find his own way. He must be led. A little lamb can lose himself from the fold, and he's just totally lost. He just stands there and bleats. And that's the way it is with the human being. If he becomes a lamb, if his nature is changed, he depends wholly upon God and upon God's leading. The Bible says lean not to what? Who's understanding? Now, what does that exclude? It says, but in all thy ways. How many ways? All. What does that exclude? He said, acknowledge him. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. You're going to get married, acknowledge God. You want to get a job, acknowledge God. Why? You want to go where God wants you to go. You want to be with the person that God ordained for you to be with. You can look out with a natural eye and see the well-watered plains of memory like Lot. Man, he's like, boy, that's, isn't that something? He, <laughs> he did that for cattle, too. <laughs> he said, man, that's a good place for my cattle over there. What's up? What's going on with Lot and Reuben and Gad? Huh? But he didn't see the vexing of his spirit coming. When he was looking at those well-watered plains, he didn't see, amen, the destruction of parts of his family. He didn't see the destruction of his own wife. All of that came with Sodom and Gomorrah. But when you look at it at first glance, oh, man, that's the place to be over there. That's how the devil tried to get our young people to look at the things of the world. Oh, man, that's where the happenings at. I've been deprived so long, I ain't, I ain't had a chance to taste of nothing. Go right to the fence. They got the cats they sell with a tissue be drooling a little bit. Man, that show look fun over there. That show look good over there. Seducing spirits. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I, this is not um, to discount anything, but many times, you know, even, even, even for adults, even me, we don't understand spiritual things like we need to. We got to always be like a child before God. When you feel like you got it all figured out and all together, you, you automatically you should know you're wrong already. Because the Bible says when a man thinks he knows anything, he don't know nothing as he ought to as of yet. Amen. Young people ain't, ain't, ain't experienced much of life at all, and but somehow got it all figured out. Can't listen to nobody hardly once they get to a certain point. Now God got to let you be burned a few times 
for you to realize, hold on, hold on, I got too much confidence in myself. I made this decision and that decision, and look at what it did for me. That's the grace of God. If he becomes a lamb, if his nature is changed, he depends wholly upon God and upon God's leading. But the earth man, when Adam realized he had fallen from that estate, he says where God had him wholly depending on him. Adam quickly showed his second nature, his fallen nature, and he wanted he, he wanted a way back to be redeemed. But he wanted to do it his own way and after his own thinking. Everybody ready for this? Now, this is a nugget now. It may, not look, it, may, it may not sound like a nugget, but it's a precious stone. It's gold. Huh? He says, I trust that the church will understand this, that we have no right to use our own thinking about things. When we become Christians, we totally surrender every bit of our mental powers to God and follow after his leading. And as long as we try to go after our own feeling, then we are using the falling state of being. So what do you want to do again? Have you prayed about it? People are asked that question sometimes. Yeah, I prayed about it. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't doubt you got down on your knees and whatever, but were you neutral? Were you approaching God to say, well, Lord, help me to see what you want for me? Because remember now, the prophet said this and it scared me. And it made me hesitate quite a bit on any decisions I make. When your will is so strong. Now, this message was called, does God ever change his mind about his word, I believe. When you want your way so bad. And you halfway pray about it. You don't really seek God or consult God about it. Right. He said, God will give you the desire of your heart, even though it be against his will. You got a perfect will and a permissive will. You understand what I'm saying? We got to tread carefully before God. You can't go to God trying to make him and force God to do what you want him to do. You want to be able to go to God as a child, as a lamb. Lord, lead me. I don't know what's best for me. I don't know what's best for me. You don't know what's best for you. We need God every single day, minute, hour, second. We need him. We don't know what's best for us. God will lead us into all the right things and away from the wrong things. He says, but in the midst of all of it, this message is called the great coming revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But in the midst of all of it, in the great in this great civilization we have here, I see the signs of destruction hanging everywhere. But notice how the Lord led. This is the Holy Ghost speaking out of the prophet. But in the midst of all of it, in this great civilization we have here, I see the signs of destruction hanging everywhere. Because men are walking like they did in the days of Noah after their own will instead of seeking the will of God. He called that the looming signs of destruction. 
even though the Bible says acknowledge him before all of our ways, because we're human, because we're still growing, we find ourselves not even doing it. We become too comfortable and too self-assured somehow that we know the best way we're supposed to go. And I'm not talking, I know we've all experienced this. You made decisions that you know was failures. God let you, he let you make the decision, free moral agent. He allowed it to happen, but he wanted you to be able to see you're going, you're being too headstrong. You haven't sought me in the way that you're supposed to. So I'm going to let you go on out here and show you life is the best teacher. I'm going to show you you got too much confidence in yourself. And depending on how badly you get burned, you will learn the first time. But it may take a few other times for that spirit to be totally driven out. I'm going to leave you with this last point here. Oh, my. It's so much. I said, it's several parts to this. So I'm, I just feel led to go to this particular thing here. Um, just, just so you can just be left with this. You can go back, look at it. Pray over it or what have you. I'm talking about inheritance. When the Holy Ghost comes on us, see, the Bible says they were first called Christians at Antioch. They weren't walking around with a sign or with pamphlets or declaring, oh, you know, we're Christians, right? We're followers of Christ. Oh, we're Christians. We're followers of Christ. No, their life began to reflect, reflect their inheritance. When they received that genuine Holy Ghost, amen, it began to speak for itself. And that's exactly what the prophet said, I believe, in Desperations. He says the baptism of the Holy Ghost is Christ in you, living his own life through you. It's not by willpower that you're trying to act right. There's another person that's literally inside of you. And it began to shock you to be able to see him working. Paul said he's working in me mightily. He was able to see it, and he knew it was outside of him, yet it was a part of him. We want to be able to see it to that degree. The Bible says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, by what they learned, they went and did. You see, it was them keeping, trying to keep within themselves the commandments of God. But that righteousness that was a level of that was many miles above that was when the Holy Ghost himself comes. And now you're living that word and you're obeying the word and everything. But it's by nature. It's not with a wrong nature trying to do it by willpower. Now it's by a right nature that changed your spirit, your whole mindset and everything. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's an inward work. Praise God. I'm ending on this, saints. He says here, as I've often said, I believe in the church here, a role like here, here like. He says, he says, in here lives, he's talking about this world. In here lives mortal beings. And each one in this great conglomeration of gaiety, of blackness and darkness, mortals live here. Talking about right now where we are right now. In this building, the Holy Ghost is here. Angels are here. Demons are here. Well, how do I know demons are here, brother? You can tell by the thoughts they try to bring to your mind. If it's distracting you, making you question the word. Now, if it's a wrong doctrine, that's one thing. But if, if it's thoroughly the word, how were the Pharisees able to see God in the flesh and call him a devil? 
they thought they had God. But they were clearly, clearly off. And that same thing is today. People within themselves being led by a wrong spirit. They call Brother Branham a false prophet. And they're looking right at the bride of Christ that has God tabernacling inside of them. And they actually call it off. They don't think it's the word. They don't think it's God. They think they're the ones. But what is your life reflecting? Mortals live here now. They are either influenced from this way or from this way. You cannot be here a spiritual being, sinner or saint, without having an influence from the underworld or from the above world. They were first called Christians because the people saw their lives and it so reflected Christ until they were tagged as that. So right now, for every one of us, we're either influenced right now. Right now, we're either influenced from above or below. Nobody's exempt. He says, if you were influenced from here, you're from above. Your celestial body is waiting up here. But if you're wicked and hypocritical and indifferent, some people are so mean. Remember Brother Brown talked about that, was it a Pentecostal cat? As long as you rub it in the direction, of the natural direction of the fur. It purr, you know how cats do they? <laughs> they kind of maneuver their body because they, they like that touch like that. You're rubbing them, you're rubbing them the way they want to be rubbed. <laughs> when you rub them against that fur, bring out something else. <laughs> it's not that the bride don't get upset sometimes. They don't come under the wrong spirit sometimes. Husbands and wives, they get at one another in the wrong ways. But if God is the center of that life and the center of that home, you will see the Holy Spirit bring things back. He'll bring it back. And you will see freely forgiveness being asked for. You will see sorrows being handled out. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That pride can't exist in that atmosphere. The devil tries to take control, but the Holy Spirit comes in and breaks all of that up and brings it back to that sweet place where he can come and dwell amongst that family. Oh, my. If you are influenced from here, you're from above. Your celestial body is waiting up here. But if you're wicked and hypocritical and indifferent and your celestial body, he says, is down here, regardless of how much you think it's up there. Because the fruit that you bear before people proves where you're from. He says, so you will hear what you are somewhere else. Your life that you live here is just reflecting what your inheritance is. When you leave here, he says, do you understand? He says, look like message souls that are in prison, look like. He says that I, I, I just changed for a moment and I looked and I thought that's what I saw in hell. There they was, that canker, I thought because they were in hell, what made them that way? A greenish blue under their eyes. One of the first things that I see happen many times in people that feel like they've gained a, more of a clarity and they begin to say, hey, the message is not right and blase, blase, right? 
Somehow or another, they find themselves just wanting to go right back and begin to do just the things of the world. They begin to wear makeup. They begin to, I mean, these are things that are scriptural. But without a revelation, you won't see that it's scriptural. You will think it's just, oh, that's just Brother Branham's do's and don'ts. No, it's not. It's the Holy Ghost. And when you don't have a proper understanding of the scriptures, you will be able to tag it as that. Not knowing you're speaking against God. Brother Branham's emphasizing this, the pain up under their eyes. And then people get all uptight and upset when Brother Branham began to speak about makeup. He's the Lord trying to help us. And people, the, the devil begin to make people see it as being a harming versus a help. He's trying to hinder us, make us bound. We feel like we're in prison. You're going to be in one prison or another. You're going to be in the prison of the devil to be his slave, do what he tells you to do, or you're going to be a prisoner of God. Both places you can't do what you want to do. You're going to be held by the very influence of the spirit that's holding you. And the Bible says, whoever you hear your members to obey, they become your master to whom you obey. Brother, you don't tell brother, I don't serve the devil. What does your life say? Are you letting him use your members? Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil and his lusts you do. But for the children of God and God was their father, they gladly received the word of their hour. They embraced it. They cherished it. They saw the value in it. Praise the Lord. I thought because we were in hell, he says, what made them that way? A greenish blue under their eyes. And here was these women painted with greenish blue just the way that vision said about four years ago. I thought then as I noticed them cankered looking eyes on them women, he says they were the Spanish, French, Indian and white and all all together. He says, but that great big head, you know, bushed up with that cut with, with uh, that combs. He says the way they comb it back way big, he says, and, um, and, and, and then comes out. He says, you know, you know how they do it. Fix it like fix, fix it in like they do it. And then them cankered looking eyes and the eyes with the paint, uh, uh, they run back like a cat's eye and them talking. And there I was again standing there in J.C. Penney's store. He says back in hell again. Now, those women that he saw, they had no clue. They absolutely had no clue that they were reflecting the underworld. And that's, remember Jesus on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that's the honest truth. With that said, I got to, can I have just two more minutes? I want to share this with you because God wants us to have an understanding, right? Because there's a maturity that we have to have, right? We, we, can't, we can't just become slanderers of people that have left and stuff like that. Now, if God lead a person to say something and it's right, it's only right then because it's God that's doing it. But sometimes people kind of jump on bandwagons and they get into a wrong spirit. And they begin to lash out in a wrong spirit and speak bad and speak down about upon people, calling them serpent seed and whatever. God ain't in all that. Can we say praise the Lord? 
Amen. As God matures the bride, amen, there is a place she comes to where God helps her to understand what's supposed to be there. And then he begins to lead her in how to conduct herself in the midst of the chaos. Notice how the Lord leads the prophet to say this. He says, you're going to pass by your brethren. You're going to pass by your brethren, he says, and they're near the borderline. And if you pass by them, don't say nothing to them. He says, I give I I have given Esau this mountain. I have given Moab this country. It was their lot. They can't help that they are who they are. You understand what I'm saying? So God comes to us and helps us to be able to recognize if they're able to be here and stay here and be contented here. Then it's a possibility this is where they belong. But you know where you belong. Watch how he goes to say now. Praise the Lord. He says, I don't want you fussing at them. Proselyting. Just move through gently. The Bible says, be as wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. You see what's going on. You can see somebody displaying a wrong nature, making wrong decisions, but you don't react to it in a carnal manner. Remember God making us, he's building us to that place to where we wait on him. We're under his control. He controls our speech. He controls our views. All right. He says, don't disagree with them. He says, just go ahead, leave him alone. Pay for what you get. If you have if you if you have to pass through his country, he was predestinated to be that. If God would have expected or predestinated Moab to join up with Israel, they would have joined up. If he had predestinated Esau to go with Israel, Esau would have jumped in and went. He says, but he gave him his inheritance on the other side of the river. They're only settling in where they were ordained to settle in at. He says, so how can you try to make all the Lutherans see it, all the Baptists see it, all the Presbyterians and Nazarenes and Pilgrim Holiness? Even when Christ was here, he saw those separating from his ministry and he let them go. Then he turned to the disciples and said, well, you go also. And then Peter spoke from that place of inheritance. Where are we going to go? Thou alone has the words of eternal life. I don't care who leave the message. I don't care how big the group is that begins to come against the message. I don't care who they get on their sides, the government, whoever. I still know this is the truth. And I'm not moving away from it. I'm going to stand right here with my Lord. And I ain't just saying that for a show. I'm convinced. Never had a question about it. Not one time. I don't care how convincing of a talk somebody might be able to come up with. You ain't moving me a tap. I don't know everything, but I know my God, and I'm stabilized in my soul. Amen. Forgive me, saints. Oh, Lord, where am I? He says, so how can he says, don't don't condemn them. That's all they know. That's all that's in them. He says, so so just let them alone. Go on through. Don't argue with them. But we're passing to another land. They wasn't ordained to go with you. They won't walk with you. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? But to those who love God, to those who are called of God, 
He says, well, they say, God, give us this church. God did, did this. He says, I give Esau this mountain. Don't touch him. But I've got something different for you. Cross over to Jordan. You're ordained to die to yourself and to enter into all the promises that God made. And I believe that's what we are. I don't have no reason to doubt that. And what we do is pray for one another. We go through battles. We have our strains and all these things, you know, and but God is letting us go through it. But he's here with us. He's guiding us. He's leading us. He'll comfort us. But he's going to let us go through every bit of what we need to because it's for our good. I'm going to stop right there. I got more I can say, but I feel led to stop right there. I believe you understand. It's such a blessing to be able to see that you got right desires. You find yourself always wanting to get into the things of God, right? You want to make more time for God. We fall short sometimes and whatever, but you, 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 you're hurt by that. When you come into those spots and God brings it to your mind, you ain't been spending no time with me. It bothers you, huh? And you want to go and turn and humble yourself because you feel the need for more of God. You know you need it in order for you to come to your place. There's an adoption that's waiting for us. And because we are the children of God, the Holy Spirit comes, which is that spirit of adoption. And it brings us to that place to where we're crying out for God. We know we need more of God. Amen. So I'm grateful, saints. It may seem like a small thing, but don't, don't lightly esteem that desire. That's very important. It's testifying of your inheritance. All we can do now is yield more to it. That's all he said. He said we got to lay in the presence of the sun and ripen. I believe that's what we're doing this morning. Amen. By the grace of God. Let us all stand together. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm in a place right now, saints, where you know, I just, I'm not satisfied, you know, and I feel a need to kind of, I've been kind of cutting back on my eating and stuff like that, just trying to kind of get more into a place, you know, I, I, I need to seek God, you know, and there's certain things that, that we kind of got to, we got to take a more extreme, more extreme approach to in order for us to be able to break past it. You know, we can feel sometimes that spirit trying to hinder us. It wants to hinder us. It want to get us so busy and so wrapped up in this life. You know, and then we hit those moments where we realize, man, God, I'm sorry. You know, you, know, you come in contact with a situation and you respond in a certain way and you begin to, man, hold on, that's not right. What's going on? Man, I can get myself together. But you can't get yourself together. We got to lay before God and let him bring us together. But the Branham told her, brother, go and pray and sweeten up your spirit. I told one of my kids one time, I said, I can tell you ain't been praying like you're supposed to. You're a little too edgy. You're a little too irritable. You ain't got to let me know how much you pray, but I can tell it. Your attitude is just too sharp. You know what I mean? That's just, and it's just the grace of God that comes to us and helps us to see things like that. You know, all we got to do is pray and read our Bible, saints. 
Listen to the message. The Holy Spirit will lead us right if we yield to him. You know, just yield to him. With our heads bowed. If anybody desires prayer, you're more than welcome to come up. But if you come up or if you stay in your seats, you have to have faith. You have to believe in a God that's able to do whatever you stand in need of. With every head bowed. Heavenly Father, first, Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you for all the precious words, Lord God, you've allowed us to receive. You told our prophet to store up the food, Lord, because that was you speaking through his mouth, being recorded by instruments. And those words were eternal words, Lord, words of life, words that would bring about a change. You led your prophet to talk about transformation power. And it lies within that word, Lord, as you water the seed that's already within us with that precious word spoken in due season, Lord. It begins to bring results that can be felt, that can be seen, Lord. We're not where we want to be, Lord, but we thank you wholeheartedly for, Lord, bringing us from where we were. And every one of us can testify of that, Lord, and give you thanksgiving for the work you've been working within our lives, Lord. Many times as your word comes forth, Father, it helps us to see ourselves, Lord. As you said in your word, Lord, we're looking into a mirror. But as we look into the mirror of your word, Lord God, we don't want to leave from a service and become like that man your Bible talks about, Father, where he begins to forget what manner of man he saw in the mirror. It goes on as though he didn't see anything that needed to be worked upon. Lord, you are the only one that can do the work in our lives, Lord. We can humble ourselves to you, yield ourselves to you, Lord, but it's your spirit that brings the change. And we want to see real change, Lord God. We want to see the Holy Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are your children. Not by our imagination, not by our proclaiming to be connected with you, Lord, but let it be spoken from our lives, Lord, that we are those people. We can't be satisfied with this life. Nothing in this life can satisfy. Nothing in this life can satisfy us, Lord. You brought us to that place, Father. More and more, Lord, everything that pertains to you has gained value in our hearts. We've been out there. We've done many things, Lord God, and we see that it's done nothing for us. Temporary appeasement in the flesh. But you're still left feeling empty, realizing that you haven't gotten the main thing yet. Lord, for those that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Father, I pray, Lord, that by your grace that you would move, Lord. In a very sweet way, Lord. I know you've already been calling. You've been calling for us to die, Lord God, to stop doing certain things, Lord, to give you more time, to make you more of a priority, Father. And the enemy don't want that to happen, so he'll come through and then we'll get all busy with just seemingly the normal routine of life. But at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the year, we realize that we still haven't given you what we needed to give you. And your prophet told us if the devil can just get us to remain idle, then he gains satisfaction from that. But help us to keep moving forward, Lord. Help us to keep yielding to, yielding to you, Lord God, and, and just surrendering all as sheep, as lamb, Lord. 
is giving up our own wills, forfeiting all of our rights, and desiring to be fully led by your precious Holy Spirit. That's where we belong, Lord, in your presence. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for these people. Lord, may you continue to minister to our hearts, Father, those real one-on-one -on -one moments beyond the walls of the church. That's where it really, that's where it really matters, Lord. The day-to-day, -day, the mornings, the evenings, the noondays, that sweet communion with our Lord. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for all things. We love you, Lord Jesus. Help us to love you more. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask all these things and we pray. Let the church say amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you, saints. Pray for me. Amen, amen. God is good. He's still working on us, friends. And appreciate the ministry and the word of God today and our brother just laboring so diligently. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song together. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on. Oh, yes. I'm going to keep pressing on to the higher. Come on now. In
sing another course here and you're free to go. Amen. Trust your day will be blessed, spent with your fathers and your family. Just trust that you'll just go in the name of the Lord. Amen. Lord, I lift your name on high. Key of F. Hey 